With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. It's a new time slot for us. It's a yeah. live time slot for us. And, uh, we're it's like the real season now. Happy to be right, here. Yeah. yeah, as we go wall-to-wall with our Steelers coverage here on Steelers Nation Radio. You can and hear we're five days a week now. Too. We're five days a week. Yep. You can hear Tunch and Wolf in the morning now. You got Wes uh, at noon. You got yep. you got uh, Wes and, and Arthur Motes. Then uh, after we finish here from 1 to 3, they go from 3 to Six and then okay. you, myself, and uh, Mike Pursuta from six to eight. That's we reconvene uh, tonight. Huh? That's yeah, a lot of Steelers coverage. We'll be bringing you all the latest news and notes as it happens uh, uh, when it involves the Pittsburgh Steelers. And of course, uh, we have some things happening over the weekend that we yeah. didn't get much of a chance. We didn't get ten. Maybe we have some new about. listeners too. So well, we very well may. We yeah. welcome you in if you haven't listened to the drive. Uh, uh, of course, Matt, the uh, former NFL scout and uh, former uh, employee of ESPN.com, uh, doing yeah. a lot of... Uh, and I have a uh, little little uh, newsworthy you there, got a little too. news I side guess. gig there, yeah, too. Yeah, I signed a contract with uh, Pro Football Network yesterday, too. They're growing real heavily. Um, they were real draft-oriented. Now they're starting to pick up some big dogs in the NFL world, and I'm one of them. How about that? There so, you go. So uh, just uh, that, did my my top twenty-five running back list came out. I today. saw that. Yeah. We will talk about that when we get to our there fantasy football segment, which we do every day. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We usually do that at the top of the second hour. Um, and uh, of course, uh, I work uh, for DKPittsburghSports.com. Mm-hmm. I've covered the Steelers for twenty-eight years. This is twenty year twenty-eight. I uh, lose track of time, but uh, formerly covered them for the uh, Washington Observer Reporter. And, uh, of course, you can hear us here on these airwaves on a lot of different time slots. So hopefully, uh, if you are new to the show, you like it, you listen to it, and you stay right here. Uh, The Steelers making some moves over the weekend, as I mentioned. Uh, Jalen Samuels, James Washington going on the reserve COVID-19 list. Um, That They join, now join, uh, that's uh, um, Justin Lane and Arian... uh, um, I'm trying to think of his name. Arian Springs was okay. the other guy who's, familiar who's on that list. Uh, obviously, Washington, Samuels, and Lane are the big. Oh, the noteworthy The, ones, the right? noteworthy sure. guys are on there. And the way this works is that the teams are not permitted to tell you whether these guys actually tested positive for COVID-19 mm-hmm. or if they just came in contact with somebody who had. They've been around it yeah. or if there's just a concern, they're a little higher risk. Right. So there's a lot. I mean, the, the first thing I just want to say about it, there's a lot of big names on this list across the, the country, right, or across the, the, the league right now. And it doesn't... Gardner Minshew going on yesterday. Oh, so, you did it? Yeah. Uh, uh, Matthew, Matthew Stafford. Stafford yeah. Kenny Galladay. I mean, yeah. like Pro Bowl type guys. Um, but it doesn't really concern me. This is very different than opting out. 
Um, it just seems highly precautionary, you know. So um, I, I'm not making a, a fuss over it until it's time to make a fuss over it. Until they start missing padded practices. Right, exactly. And that, that starts August 17th. That's when it really matters. So we got a little while yet uh, yeah. until that comes around. Um, in addition, the team waived quarterback JT Barrett, running back Ralph Webb, uh, wide receiver Quadri Henderson, offensive lineman Christian Montano, linebackers Christian Kuntz, and Dwayne Hendricks, and safety uh, Tyrell Cannell, and defensive end uh, Josiah Coatney okay. on yesterday. Those that are moves some, to get down to 80, right? Then They're not quite at 80. They yeah, don't have no. to be at 80 until, I believe, August 16th. Uh, that gets them a little closer. They're, I think they're just saying, hey, the veterans are coming in. Yeah. They're going to eat up all the time. We need the space, probably. <laughs> we need the space. We need time. We don't want to be given. That's 10 more tests we had to give. You know, things like that. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate. I'm not making light of those those young men's careers. I mean, it's unfortunate. It's a rough time of you know NFL history to try to make it as a bottom-of-the-roster guy. I mean, it's almost impossible. In addition, they officially announced the signing of uh, Curtis Riley, a safety yeah. Um, he he uh, started three games last year for the Raiders. He started 16 games in 2018 for the Giants. Uh, so that's the, the the veteran safety that we had talked so much about mm-hmm. during the off season. And he's a free safety. Yeah, and say so I don't I need to do more work on him. To be very honest with you, with, with this new gig, I was a little tied up this weekend doing that kind of stuff. Um, but I do know free safety, which I prefer to be honest with their current roster yeah. construction. And they've I think got they've got. Minka Fitzpatrick, and, and prior to this signing, a bunch of strong safeties. Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, maybe you'd mentioned last week, maybe Cortland Sutton would be that fill-in guy as it stood. Cameron Sutton, yeah. Cameron Sutton, I, I do that too often. They had Cortland that. Sutton, <laughs> they'd be pretty happy. Yeah, not a bad, <laughs> bad addition either. I don't know what kind of free safety you'd be. Um, I'm actually doing my safety list next, so maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow. Um, so, what was I saying? And, and by doing the way, I brought up that safety list, it's pretty apparent that there's a lot more strongs than free in the world right yeah. now. You know, of high quality guys, much easier to find. Dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the a lot of those guys, obviously not the Derwin Jameses of the world, would would have been tweeners, wouldn't have been sought after years ago. Now people want those in the box, pseudo linebackers, dime linebackers. But there's not a lot of single high guys out there. So picking one up for depth, and I assume for special teams purposes too, is useful. Yeah, and so, uh, I mean, I would think that he has a good chance to make this team. He had, in 2018, 75 tackles and four interceptions. Yeah, I mean, he plays. He yeah, played, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like they just picked somebody up just to get a body in here. They got a guy who actually has experience, which is what they kind of needed there. I would expect him to make the roster. Yeah, I think that's that, – I mean, there's space to uh, available for him. There is a spot. Um, I, I didn't see the details of the contract. But it's a it's, one-year deal. But it seemed like a yeah. legit, you know, veteran contract. It's not just to take a flyer on this guy. Out and, out no, and I mean, right. yeah, I think you need you need to. They, they needed somebody there who could play free safety in case something happens. Uh, you know, I'm sure they they don't want this to happen with with Mika Fitzpatrick. Sure, but, but this year more than ever, you'd better have a backup plan. You better have a backup plan, and it it, it brings me to a lot of questions because. I don't think Riley and Minka will be on the field at the same time. No. I mean, I think he's a backup. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think that's pretty clear. Unless they decide to do some outside-the-box stuff with, with Fitzpatrick. That's where I was going yeah. with it, though, too, is at least it maybe it gives you that option when you're in dime, you know, whenever you have six defensive backs on the field. Because I, I can't get over the fact that one of the beauties of Minka coming out of Bama was this guy's a big physical slot corner. He can line up on the outside. He can blitz off the edge. He can play a linebacker role. Um, in addition to typical safety things. And Miami used them accordingly. 
And not surprisingly, the Steelers got him on the fly and said, we're going to pretty much give you one major job. And he excelled at it. And to the point before, finding those type of guys is really, really hard. So do you want to mess with that? Or do you just say, basically, do what you're doing because it's working extremely well? Yeah, I mean, I, we had uh, Keith Butler on a conference call uh, Friday afternoon, late in the afternoon, and we'll, we'll give that a listen later yeah, in the yeah. show. Uh, but he talked about Minka Fitzpatrick and the things that they could do with him, how they, you know, they they didn't throw much at him early in the process last year because mm-hmm. they weren't sure how much he could take in. Uh, but then they found that he was a very, you know, quick learner and they, sure. they, could, they could build on that. So I expect them to be able to do more with Minka Fitzpatrick moving forward. And they did try to use... Uh, at times last year, a three-safety package. Absolutely. And it, it would be very helpful if one of those safeties that you have out there, one of the other safeties, is capable of playing free. Right. Now now maybe can, even opening day, Minka comes down and plays man coverage on Evan Ingram. Right. You know what I mean? It, it gives I, you that. Yeah. It gives you the potential to do that. So that's a, that's a big signing. Of course, that coupled with the signing of Wendell Smallwood earlier right. in the week last week, now they've signed two veteran players at the start of training camp yeah. that have a right, shot to right. make a team. Yeah, right. so... Interesting that that would that would be the case uh, for sure. And, yeah, and you were big on the Smallwood signing, weren't you? I mean, yeah, yeah, I thought you yeah. liked it a lot. I mean, I mean I've always I've, I've always been a, a, a uh, I'm not going to say I was a fan of his, but I appreciated yeah. his game with the with the Eagles because right, he, right. he could do a little bit of everything for you. Yeah, he's got a little bit of that bowling ball uh, mentality. He's not Dre Archer. He's not going right. to you know he can bounce off a little. Yeah, bit he's five he's, he's five ten two oh eight. So not the biggest back, but he runs hard. Mm-hmm. Catches I'm the ball he's 5'10". well. 5'10". I would have guessed he's five eight. Yeah. Um, yeah, catches the ball well. Yeah, he um, does. does he's all that stuff. Lateral yeah. agility and some quickness and explosion. He's yeah. not guaranteed to make the roster, but it is uh, a shot at Jalen. Yeah. Um, well, I think this year with that expanded practice squad to sixteen players, mm-hmm. you can afford because six of those sixteen players can be veteran guys. It's a big deal. That's a huge deal, yeah. and you're going to keep some of those guys. So you want to bring, you want to get those guys in camp, because even if get they don't make the speed, yeah, even if they don't make your 53 man roster, you want to have guys available, you know, to if somebody goes down or if somebody you know tests positive, whatever it may be. I mean, even if you look you at last hand, year, right. they used, I believe, six different running backs to carry the ball last year. Right. They would have loved that Wendell Smallwood last Absolutely. year. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's sitting there thinking about it. Like it was, <laughs> there was a week or two there, I'd be like, boy, but great that Wendell Smallwood. Yeah. Uh, and I think some teams will even use one of those, you know, veteran roster spots on the practice squad for the Josh McCowns of the world, you know, leftwich batch late in their career that you know, maybe we don't need them for this game, but we'll call them up and break, in, break glass in case of emergency or. It'll be interesting how people use those spots. Is it's going, going to be fascinating yeah. to see. And that's uh, Albert Breer's uh, Monday morning quarterback today on, on SI.com touched on a lot of that stuff. It's a lot of the things that we've talked about on the show over the last few weeks. Um, and he asked some different coaches about some of the stuff. So we'll get to that later in the show. Mm-hmm. But Everyone's yeah. going to have a different strategy, though. It's yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot yeah. of different ones. And, and you know, uh, Randy Feekton was asked last week if the Steelers would think about keeping an extra quarterback on the practice squad. I, I think you almost have to. It seems smart to me. Yeah, you know, keep I mean, four, and I mean they have. They uh, just let one with, go. With, yeah, with releasing Barrett, they still have four quarterbacks on the roster, mm-hmm. all of whom have NFL starting experience. Oh yeah, right. Like I'd hate to give up on Lynch. Right. You know, he doesn't to cost me, you anything. It's not like you invested a first round pick in him. I would rather. I would. I would have him on the active roster. Yeah. And maybe try to stash Hodges away. As I wouldn't a, even mind. And just tell and, t- and tell tell him, hey, you just 
you stay over here and, and, and don't come into the facility. Mm-hmm. We'll do some Zoom calls with you to give you the, the game plan every week, that kind of stuff. We'll send it to you. He, he showed last year that he's a pretty smart guy. No, yeah, I don't, I'm not concerned about that part of it. I mean, I might rather find a 30-year-old to be named later. But you can get – you know he knows the offense. Yes. He can get you in and out of a game – uh, if need be, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I mean mentally and yeah. all those things. Yeah, he, yes. you're, he's not going to, you know, he, he's going to get you in and out of the game. Maybe mm-hmm. you win it. I mean, he went three and three last year as a starter. No, I, I, agree. I mean, so I it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, the the uh, a train wreck. Um, and you know, if, if that's what you got to do, I mean, you've you've added some talent to the to the to the the supporting cast the and all that too, cast, right? and he'll he, be more familiar with yeah. Deontay Johnson and those type of guys too, so, obviously. And you know, there's not much time to get somebody else ready, right? Yeah. And at this point, you're not going to go again. It goes back to well, why don't you go sign somebody? Well, who are you signing? Mm-hmm. Who's and that 30 year old guy? The you're other not, argument in your favor too is if we go if the, uh, the Steelers go sign 30 year old dude. There's not that many quarterback reps between now and opening day. You know, for like, him to learn the offense, Rudolph needs a lot, and I think yeah. you want to make that a priority. Um, ben better get up to speed. I mean, he's going to have to throw some. I mean, he's right. not going to just sit and do nothing. And so, you want to get a good Lynch, look at Lynch. Yeah, you'd you love know. to at least see what there is to, to continue to work with as he progressed in a year. So they're just not that many snaps and for a To be quite frank, and I don't mean this to sound callous, but if you put Hodges on your practice squad, is he he's less likely to get signed away than Lynch. I was thinking that, too. I mean, if yeah. somebody takes him, so be it. Yeah. Yeah, right. So that I, would I don't be, know if anybody would grab Lynch without preseason tape. You know, like if he had a really good preseason, then I'd be worried about. Him. He was still a first round draft. Pick, Somebody though. had high grades. On yeah, him. You know, I mean, there's, there's he was with C- teams out he there. was with Seattle last year. He played a lot in the preseason mm-hmm. for them last year. So I, I think there's always the, there's a much better chance that somebody would grab him as opposed we to Hodges. More ability. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean that's well, just a, supposedly Dallas loved him when he came out, and I right. forget how that went. Or somebody traded ahead of him or whatever. Maybe they just grab him and throw him as their you know expanded roster. Yeah. So. Um, that would be the, the move that I would make there. But uh, plenty of other stuff that, uh, you know, is going to be happening here uh, over the next few weeks. Of course, we'll be bringing you all that news as we, uh, as we do our shows. We're getting more interviews. We're getting more interaction. Yeah. And it's starting to get rev up a little yeah. bit. And yeah. And the interaction is different. It's not like oh, a regular training camp where I can, you know, pull Keith Butler aside and we have mm-hmm. a, you know, 15-minute conversation about everything. Right. Um, right. You know, now it's... It's much more structured, and uh, you know we're all on the same conference call, and I get one question. Yeah, you know? I'm sure that makes you bonkers. I mean, it's just driving me nuts. You could grab, you know, a backup offensive. I love training camp for that reason sure, because I can right. talk to I can talk to everybody on the roster mm-hmm. and at least have you know ten minutes, essentially ten minutes with everybody on the roster and all the coaching staff at some point during a training camp. And you can formulate your own article that nobody else is writing about. Right. You know, I mean that, that's tough on you guys. So that's that's the one thing that we're missing this year. It's uh, it's very unfortunate, but it's part of life here in the uh, the COVID world. As we as no we sharkies in. either. Oh, you had to bring that up. <laughs> you had to bring that up. You had to go yeah. there. Could use a sharky session. Hey, fellas, at sharkies. You know, can you send us some? Uh... <laughs> there you go. A little care package wouldn't be so bad. Pursuit is gonna be around tonight too. Three. Yeah, of us can use we'll, it, we'll right? be sitting around. That's where this. You know, quite. Fr- I mean, if you if you think about it, the Steelers would have been playing a game this week. I guess it's already they would have they now. would have been playing Thursday night. Wow! In the in the opener. Yeah, I guess so. And we'd have been there for quite some time. Yeah. So I mean, let's that, not think about that. We'd have been talking. We'd, we'd have been talking today about it. Okay, what are the lineups going to look like for this uh, for this preseason opener? Mm-hmm. That'd been fun. Yeah. <laughs> Hall of Fame speeches, all that good stuff. Yeah, right. We'd be talking about Donnie Shell and Cower and all those guys too. Yeah. Uh, oh well. It's, it's unfortunate. Next year. Next year we'll do all that stuff, but uh, certainly the the Steelers. Um, 
you know, I, I think when you're looking at this with the, the you know, the guys who haven't, no, nobody's opted out. Mm-hmm. Um, the two, two signings that they've made in the last week, uh, they look like a good football team. They're, they're smart, low-risk signings, too. You know, I mean, they don't have a ton invested in these guys. They're not guaranteed roster spots. Both will help on special teams to some degree. I'm sure they've looked at the roster and thought, extra back in today's an environment where that's something again you six last year yeah you know so i think that's a position because it takes such a beating you talked about that a lot too like i i think when you go to 53 to 55 a running back might be that extra guy running back or it's definitely well one has to be an offensive lineman if you're gonna gonna do it uh that's where the extra center comes into play Mm -hmm. and then you know and we talked about the free safety need yeah yeah so, so it makes a lot of sense yeah i do think they're a good football team though no, I do as well, and I, th- I think uh, I think a lot of people in the national media are starting to catch on to that as well now. I think uh, if I think I saw Maurice Jones drew uh, most talented teams ranking. I think he had them like seventh or eighth, really? somewhere in there. I think people are starting to catch on. Like, outside of like the Adam Shines of the world, who are c- completely clueless. <laughs> I'm not sure how they. I, I don't but right. put any. I don't. He. I put no credence whatsoever into what he says. There's but, a lot of those types. Yeah. I, don't quote me, but I I heard or read somewhere over the last week or so. Steelers Vegas win total went up by a half too. That doesn't surprise I, that me. That doesn't either. surprise me. Yeah. That seems about right. Yeah, I mean, I think people are starting to well, hey, you know, if you put Ben Roethlisberger even at eighty percent with this defense, mm-hmm. could be pretty right. pretty good. I, I would think a bet people are making heavily too is Steelers to make the playoffs, not necessarily win division, but to make the playoffs. You can get pretty decent odds on it, and seven out of out of what uh, sixteen teams are going. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that would be. It would be extremely disappointing if they didn't make the playoffs this year. I'm agree. I, I'm in agreement there yeah. too. Right. I mean, the, you know, this isn't. A, I couldn't believe I saw this stat the other day. The Penguins have lost seven consecutive playoff games. Yeah. Imagine if the Steelers had lost seven consecutive <laughs> playoff games. What Steelers Nation would be would be saying right now? Right. And I think. I think, again, not my area of expertise, but I think they have not scored more than two goals in any of them. They have not. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's like not scoring 14 points. They're getting into Marvin Lewis territory now. Right, that's a little rough. <laughs> so they've lost two series in a row, and then they're 0-1 in this one. Right. Right. Against the 24th seed in the uh, in the NHL playoffs. Young Wesley, <laughs> who, who I go to for hockey knowledge, I was asking him, I mean, what do we think about these Canadians? He said, they got about three guys that the, the Pens could use. I'm like, that doesn't sound so <laughs> But they have a great goalie. I mean, which yeah. is fine. I understand. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going right. to talk about that Albert Breer story. He touched on a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about, expanded on some of the things cool. here. Okay. Talked pretty to, dialed in. Too. Yeah, talk to some coaches about it. So we'll get to that right after this. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. It's a lovely Monday here in Pittsburgh. The uh, Steelers are starting the second phase of their 
yeah. of their training camp, uh, bringing the veterans into the equation. And uh, so, <laughs> you saying right before the last segment that we'd be talking about who's going to play on Thursday and who's not, <laughs> and we'd have seen a lot of camp, and there'd have been a we'd lot have of seen Ben Roethlisberger throw and, at this point, right? Oh yeah, you a would lot. Have sat there and chatted with him face to face, and. My back would hurt from those beds, and <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I put that all out of mind and hit home there as I was going to get my coffee between segments. Like, boy, that would be a much different summer. We'd have been like, we'd have been two weeks in the camp at yeah, this point. Yeah, the, the dog days, so to speak. You know, eating good meals and watching camp and uh, interacting with fans and all that good stuff. So that better get back the next year. I can handle one year off, but if that becomes any kind of norm in the sports world, it's going to change my life. Yeah. One's a lot. Yeah, I, I can't handle this to you. This is the longest I've gone in 28 years without seeing a football practice. Yeah, yeah, you said that before. That's crazy. I mean, I mean there's not one any minute. We're now, nine either. months, or no, eight, eight months into the year. Mm-hmm. And the last, wow. the last bit of football I saw was when I was at the Super Bowl. That's the last, like, I haven't wow. seen any football since then. And I see football a lot. Right, 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 right. <laughs> to the point where you, well, I got to do another practice. Uh, yeah, yeah, another, you, like, right. you know, when we get to November, and I've seen, you know, I've been watching practices since, you know, May. Oh, yeah. Or We're March. late in camp. Yeah. Or, you know, right. I mean. I mean, it'd been nice to have a mini camp. You know, you and I anything, sitting there yeah. watching them just, you know, in shells. I mean, I usually, I figured out one year, like, I watch, you know, if they practice two hours a day, and I'm there every day. I'm, I'm watching, like. A thousand hours of football practices a year. Live, not live. Yeah, yeah, right, right. That's not counting games. That's no, cool. that's not even counting <laughs> games, right? Or all the travel, or back and forth to the facility, let alone back and forth to New York. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I got, I didn't, I didn't actually play football in mm-hmm. high school. My high school didn't have a football team that I graduated from. Um, but I was asked one year when my sons were younger. Hey, can you help me coach this team? Now, I, I've coached other sports and those kind of things. Sure, yeah. But I I've watched enough. People foot- don't know Dale's very involved with baseball and yeah, yeah, right. I've watched enough football practices to know like, <laughs> right? This is yeah. how you organize. Yeah, it and- I'm like, here's some. You know, I'm watching defensive line. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm coaching defensive line techniques. I'm like, mm-hmm. tra- you know, teaching chops and this kind of. I'm like, you know. Things that I've seen them do. <laughs> that Coach Mitch teaches. Yeah. And they probably don't. And the rest of the Pee Wee League might not be coaching up. <laughs> so, you know, you, you you watch, you pay attention, you learn things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, some of it's even by osmosis. I mean, if you're just sitting there not paying attention to every individual drill, you at least understand, okay, for X amount of minutes before the horn breaks, these all the tight ends are going to go hit the sled. Then they're going to go hit, right. you know what I mean? Not that, not that, that but I, what, I mean, as, as a former athlete, I like – Former athlete myself, I mm-hmm. watch the footwork and I watch right. Who's I watch the techniques and, yeah, that they're sure, tr- that sure. they're trying to teach here. Just to tr- I learn myself what you know. You learn what scouts and what coaches are looking for in guys when you see them teach it. Mm-hmm. Well, if they're going to teach that, then that must be what they're looking for. If you see it, then you see a guy do that in a college game. You're like, oh, I bet the Steelers like that. Yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, you know, like you said, you've been doing it for 28 years. And frankly, I think that's why you and I get along so well too. Is if you were just a beat reporter reporting stuff. I'd have a hard time talking some football stuff with you. You know what I mean? Like, you know the league, you understand what these coaches are trying to get across, and you bring that other aspect to it. So that's why we're so good. <laughs> Apparently, Adam Crowley says we need a, a billboard. I don't know about that. He didn't say we. He said you. Uh, they, we definitely don't need that. That Stop would be, traffic. That would not be pretty. Be a lot of accidents on the parkway. <laughs> Driving off the road. Um, so Doug Peterson tested positive for 
I was wondering, well, how does the coach, a head coach might be the last guy I want to test positive? Right. Sean Payton did it, tested positive in the offseason yeah, after the combine. Right. Yeah, yeah. That was, you know, that, that you can get system. through. Your head coach testing positive. He needs to be hands on orchestrating everything. I mean, just time is so crucial now. He can't be out of the building. Right. I mean, that'd be a coin flip between my I mean, I would assume you could still coach. do Zoom stuff and, and things He's of that have his nature. Hands yeah. on them. I mean, right. people will be sending them notes left and right, but. You gotta be there, man. Yeah, and we don't know how, you know, if he's ill or not. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, for his his sake, he is not. I didn't even think of that aspect, of yeah. the human aspect of it. Uh, but you know, he, he certainly he's not would a hope that you're, athlete, yeah. you know, right. right? I mean, he's an older older gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably about my age. I yeah, mean, yeah. Not he's, he's not one of these. I bet he's fifty. <clears throat> he's probably fifty-ish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been around the. You know, he's long, not in right? the in the danger zone of uh, of being a sixties no, plus year. Still, man, but, he's, but he is more than. Oh, okay. So I, I'm reading here in Albert Breer's uh, column. He says that uh, Peterson's asymptomatic and feels completely fine. Good. So that, he just that's good. Had a positive test. Yeah. Um, and right now, at, at they're looking at uh, assistant head coach Deuce Staley to take on more wow. duties. Wow. Okay. You go, Deuce. I dealt with Deuce Staley when he when mm-hmm. Deuce Staley was with the Steelers. It never dawned on me for ah. one minute that Deuce Staley would be a potential head coach. Byron Leftwich, yes. Okay, right, right, right. You've you been know. around a lot of the guys that yeah. went to move on, and sure. Um, I, I don't know Deuce as a person, but I never thought of him as that either. I mean, like, now I would I'll say this about Deuce: he was very crafty. Let's put it that way. Okay. There were times like he would not make himself. He would make sure that he would he would always snuck off the backside of the practice field at training camp. Okay, so where, he was aware of his where we can't go. And, yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, he would he would go he would walk up the stairs and and, and go through the, the crowds and stuff to go sign some autographs. And and so I, I I jumped in to talk to him one day. He goes, yeah, 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 walk with me. And he would walk. And where if he didn't go, if he didn't want to sign autographs, he would he would say, hey, you're going to walk up with me all the way up the stairs and and make it. He's like. So he didn't have time. Oh, so he didn't have. So he didn't so have to sign. There was always a thought process. I mean, there was always calculated. Yeah. Okay. There was always something. I guess happened. that's coaching prowess. There's a little bit of you know self awareness there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I don't know enough about him, but in general, running back coaches usually don't go right to head coaches. I right. Mean, Your running back coach is your high energy guy dealing with a younger room to some degree. Get them pumped up. A lot of those guys don't need a lot of coaching, especially with the ball in their hands. You know, they're yeah. There's, I mean, they do. if you look at the positions that become head coaches, quarterbacks, obviously, quarterbacks, yeah, right. an, an obvious one. Yeah, you don't see. Uh, you see some offensive line coaches that become head coaches, but they haven't typically done super well. Right. This is unbelievably stereotypical, obviously, because yeah. a running back coach might be the best candidate in the world. I Absolutely. Mean, just, it's just generally speaking, what you look for. I mean, they often talk about offensive linemen, and they're and the coaches are like mushrooms. You just put them in the dark, and you feed them manure. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they're big. They put the team ahead of themselves. It's an uns. It's a selfless position. It's a very, very intellectually and technically very. Technically, in, yeah. Yeah. Very. Sound. I mean, I mean, I have yet to talk to an offensive lineman, and I'm not going to say this with Tunch and Wolf around, but mm-hmm. I've yet to talk to an offensive lineman that wasn't pretty bright. Not if they didn't. I mean, a if lot they of guys made that it. don't make it, yeah. or that's the biggest reason why the, the ones that guys, the ones that I have that I have known that aren't you know intelligent usually don't last very long. Tough and smart last. You know, yeah. I don't know if Greg Robinson's smart or not, but he was the second pick in the draft. And doesn't play smart. Doesn't have good technique, but he can run and jump and is strong. Well, that doesn't fly. You know, right? And I always say this: like if I were a head coach or if I was in charge of a football team, I would hire a head coach 
then my next my, my next money would go to an offensive line coach. I think they're unbelievably valuable. Like think of Skarnecchia or Drunchak or some of these guys. But a lot of them don't translate to, I want to get in front of you guys in the media. I want to get in front of the entire team. I want to talk to the defensive backs or the special team guys. I like my big men down in a dark room talking pin and pulls and traps <laughs> and stuff. You know? Yeah, so it's, right. it's, it's quarterbacks, coaches, offensive coordinators. Any play caller. Any play caller, yeah. obviously. We're seeing special teams coaches get there. And special Joe teams Judge. special teams coaches, Harbaugh was a special team mm-hmm. you know. These guys are, are considered more they're, – they're on the same level as the, as the offensive and defensive coordinators. Yes. Because they're dealing with, with large ro- – the, the, the group as the whole. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they're used to, to, to dealing with the entire roster. Mm-hmm. See, I think going special teams route is very – more on the table than it was pre-Harbaugh, yeah. you, you know, and it's and it makes a ton of sense in that, like you said, you're talking to a large room of people, all of whom have different skill sets and requirements. You know, your long snapper is a heck of a lot different than your gunner, let alone somebody who's kicking a football for a living or the tight end that's never played special teams before, but he was a third-round pick and he has to now. And you, you know, get so much, you get, as a special teams coach, as you just mentioned, so many different aspects of the game to deal with yeah yeah you know punting is not like kicking field goals it's not like covering kickoffs it's not like returning kickoffs i mean these are all different aspects of the game Mm -hmm. and you deal with a lot of different mentalities and personalities um the other thing about special teams coach first of all those guys are almost always high energy you know they're they're, most of them are nuts most of them are kind of crazy some of them take it too far i've been around some that i would not hire to do anything else (laughs) but they bring energy to the table they they uplift the room i mean that's obviously like a job requirement but the other thing that people don't think about with special teams coaches is just like everybody else they have 11 starters they have to trot out 11 dudes every special teams play but there's a lot of times that in week 11 Kevin comes down to the special teams coach and be like, I cut two of your starters. Like, oh, thanks. You know, like, that doesn't happen to the defensive coordinator. Right. You don't cut the starting D end and yeah. corner. You know, they, like, have to, they have to have like a, a three deep. Yeah, and whoever every, that shows up on the roster yeah. on Tuesday is going to get the, plugged you know, in. Or, or the head coach says, hey, you can't have Bob this week. He's uh, We need him to do we, other yeah. things. Or, he's, oh, your best part Yeah, he's starting AD, this week but, at, yeah. at inside linebacker. You can't have you him this week. You can't have him anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's our best returner, but he's our star receiver or, you know. So that kind of stuff happens all the time. So we always talk about this, and people made fun of us with Chase Claypool. But, like, if you can at least give them five of the 11 Five of your six, core guys, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can at least fill out half of a lineup on every given snap. Don't steal the Hayward Bays and stuff from me. You know, give me at least five of them that you're not going to cut. But still, that's a much different mentality than, hey, we cut your center and your tight end. Well, that's important. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't even know how we got off on this. Right, subject, we weren't playing on chat. We weren't that. talking about that. I was talking about the the Brewer column. Uh, he spoke to Mike Mayock uh, this week, and last year Mayock had an idea to to do a call for dads, moms, wives, and girlfriends of his incoming rookie class. Oh wow! Uh, went over. Uh, he talked about the things that were be were going to be expected of the players. Okay. Uh, welcomed them to the to the NFL. That kind of stuff. Well, he did it. Last year, and Mayock said, last year I when so they, I did this isn't a COVID thing. This was a Raider. This was pre, Mayock yeah. Thing. Okay. His first year as a GM. Yeah. He, this is something he wanted to do. He said last year when I did it, it was about all the infrastructure we have to help our rookies make an adjustment. Hmm. Uh, Mayock said this year the message was more: listen, your loved one is a rookie, and maybe the worst year to be a rookie in NFL history. 
Undoubtedly, and, yeah. And to make it to either make a significant impact as a rookie or to even make the team as a rookie, you can't afford any misses. You got to be 100% on the mental side. You got to be 100% on the physical physical side. And if we can't evaluate you in practice and in the meeting room, you're not even going to make this team. Hmm. More so than any other year, if rookies get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, in, right. in a practice this year, you're done. Or they get lost, you know, like anyone at any school. I'm a chapter behind in biology, and you can never catch up. You never you know, catch like up. You're doomed. You know, so yeah. you need the support. You got system. 14 practices. You get. They're going to need all the help that they can get. Yeah. To, if they're going to make, you know, the roster. Now it is an expanded roster in terms of the practice squad, as we said. You know, but there might be fourth round picks that are cut that aren't most years, and maybe they'll get them back on their practice squad. Right, but they're going to have to clear. Or maybe waivers. somebody else claims them. That's the say, that's if you're the the Panthers, and yeah. you loved all these defensive players, and you need everyone you can get. I'll take a risk on a guy who was about taking the fourth round that the Browns snagged in front of me or whatever. Right. You know? Yeah. So what it's, we got to lose? it's going to be very interesting to watch it cut down time. And, and the evaluation this year is going to be so much different than it has been every mm-hmm. other year. I know I know Mike Tomlin places a, a more importance on the preseason games than he does the practices because, you know, as he says, they're, they're playing in stadiums, even though it may, right, right. might not be a completely full stadium. There's nobody standing there, you know. You don't you don't have a play and then go talk to your position coach behind the line of scrimmage. How do you coach? Yeah, right, yeah. Exactly. And he yells at you. No, you got to do this, and then you mm-hmm. go do it again. It's bang, 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 bang. Everything's happening one after another, and and who responds to that? You know, it's in gigantic. Game. Yeah. And back to the special teams thing, I think that's a key component too. Oh, without a doubt, and you're not going to get to see which one of these. You can run through it in practice. So much different though, but they it's so the much. On yeah. their helmets and you know, right. And not only that, but you're they, not going to blast yeah. the guy. You're they not know what you're down. doing. It's it's one of these right. situations. You know, the, okay, Here's I what's it, on the car. We've done this 17 times. I know you're gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna try to get to the outside, or I know what your move is here. That, and people don't stuff. think about special teams from an X's and O's standpoint too, but. Right before the snap, your personal protector better know. Oh, this guy shifted. They're gonna bring. They're no yeah. longer in. You know, punt safe. They're coming to get it. You know, I mean, you. I hadn't thought about that till just now. That you and I have stressed that protection and coverages are going to be huge, and the Steelers are in really good shape there. But you're going to break in a third round running back who's going to be running down on kickoffs for you that might not keep his lane integrity or. Might fall for some yeah. little trick. That's the other part. Does. We're going to see some block kicks. We're going to oh, see I think some you're returns. Some ugly special teams. Yeah. The more I think about yeah, it, yeah, that's going to be one part that suffers because that's where the new guys go. Yeah, exactly. You know, and again, it goes back to those, those teams that have the, the the least amount of turnover. Mm-hmm. That's something else Beer t- talks about here later in the column. We're going to get to the rest of this. No, I, I think there's some good points in here. Special teams might be the ugliest phase of all. It could very well be because that's yeah. again that's where all the new guys are going to go. But he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, we are talking about the uh, Albert Breer uh, Monday morning quarterback. And a lot of the stuff in here are things that we've talked about over the last few weeks. Uh, this just him talking to some, some different GMs and coaches yeah, yeah. around the league. 
kind of solidifying what we talked about, uh, his next bullet point here was that, yes, veterans have an advantage. Oh. And we've talked about that a lot. Um, he, and he says, look, that doesn't mean uh, that, that Joe Burrow or Chase Young aren't going to be put in a position to succeed. Those, those no, guys, absolutely right. Those guys are going to get off the field. Yeah. Right, yeah. They play on bad football teams. They were drafted highly to, mm-hmm. to play. They're going to play. Sure. But it's those guys beyond the first-round picks mm-hmm. who are going to be behind it, you know, behind it this year uh, oh, trying to make a roster. Are. Right. It just, I mean, it's always hard anyway. I mean, Right, absolutely. You're, you, yeah. If you're a sixth- or seventh-round pick, this is what people don't understand when – like every year, the Steelers release some draft picks. Right, 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 right. And people, oh, that, these can't believe these draft picks didn't make a team. The, all right. First of all, they don't have that many <laughs> roster spots to give. Right, they're a better roster. You want year in, your year team out. not? Yeah, you know, ideally, if you're drafting seven guys and only five of them make your roster, that's probably because you had a pretty deep roster. Mm-hmm. And maybe you found an undrafted free agent, you know, that was pretty right. darn good. It was a diamond in the rough, or you know, fewer people got hurt, or or whatever. I mean, you're not. Like, to me, and this isn't where I know where we're going, the Vikings drafted 13 dudes. Like, <laughs> that, that's malpractice to me. Yeah. You know, like that, that, especially this year. Especially this year. Knowing what, and you knew, you knew going into this right. what was going to happen. And, and there's sixth and seventh round picks left and right. I mean, maybe you had no one to tango with and you couldn't move up at all or turn them into a fifth next year or something, but 13 guys aren't going to make the Jags roster. I mean, it, it's a total waste. Yeah. If yeah, and you're not even going to get a, resources away. You're not going to get a good opportunity to look at these guys. That too, of course. Yeah, and maybe they didn't know to the extreme on draft day. No, of, no preseason, any of that sure, stuff. But still, but you knew that that the the pre the draft was virtual. I mean, even <laughs> on the good year, you draft 13 guys. Yeah, you're lucky if six of them make your roster. Right, and you yeah. give your defensive back coach here's four new rookies. Coach them up with that. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, by the way, we got them all in the seventh round. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um. But, uh, again, talking to Mayock here, he said, I th- Mayock said, I think the age-old battle between coaches and personnel people as far as rookies versus veteran, veterans gets enhanced this year. Uh, coaches traditionally hmm. trust I was veterans. the opposite. Coaches traditionally trust veterans that they've seen do it in the past. The way a rookie earns that trust is through the off-season program, rolling in the minicamp, rolling in the training camp, rolling in the preseason games, and then ultimately, ultimately into real game action. When you eliminate a big percentage of that, well, this you know, you're going to have your personnel guys going, but we really like this guy, and yeah, the I was coaches are the opposite because I agree with everything he just said, and I see that point. But I would think, although there's a lot of bullheaded, stubborn people in the NFL. That the personnel guys can at least now better understand why their th- why their third round pick isn't seeing the field. But like, that's not going to because you dr- you scouted the guy you you, oh, that's you why believed a in the guy you every stood year, right? you stood up on the table and says no we got to take this guy and in the I fifth know round. He's more talented than the guy you're trotting out there. But if the, the coach isn't going to trust that, he's, I, he's, but that's my point is the front office person should have a better understanding of why they're not winning their battle this year. We say I that see, yeah, but they, but uh, but you don't want to see your guy get cut. That too, right? But you didn't see four preseason games of Benny Snell ripping through defensive players, you know, whoever, yeah. you know, and say, "But but look what we did," you know. Yeah, so, I, I I think well, the next coaches thing, are going to win more than ever. Is what well, I'm there's saying. no doubt about yeah, that. I mean, they always ever. do. But uh, Mayock said maybe there's a veteran player you're like, oh, this guy knows what to do, and for the first quarter of the season, there might be some security that comes with that. Uh, this is actually uh, with uh, a pace of, of uh, oh Chicago, Chicago, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so then, then there's another player who has that tremendous upside, and there might be some initial growing pains that you let walk out of the building and try to clear your practice squad. I do think there's a balance there. We always try to, 
to bring in the long term and how we'd build our team and get the players that have upside and players that we can develop. Well, I don't know that you're going to be as concerned with be hard. the development this year is going to be really hard because mm-hmm. here's the thing. You ha- again, you have 14 practices before you start playing real games. How much development are you doing in 14 practices? None. Very little. Very None. Little. You're right. going to be working on those 14. Those 14 practices are going to be all about getting your starters ready to play in week one. It's not much. I mean, it is, but it's not that much different than the practice period between week three and week four. Right. You, you know get, what I mean? Like, you got four you practice. You know, you got four practices essentially to get ready for that next game. Mm-hmm. When people talk about, well, why didn't they do this with this guy, or why didn't why didn't Mason Rudolph as a rookie get more snaps? There's not many to go around. There aren't many. They got four. <laughs> right. They got four practices each week, mm-hmm. with which actually no, it's only three practices. Really, three, three practices yeah, right. each week and a walkthrough. Mm-hmm. What are you doing with a young quarterback in three practices and a walkthrough? Sure, I mean, and it used to be you know Ben would sit out on Wednesdays or whatever, yeah. and Rudolph would get a shot. Fine, but so still. he gets fifteen. He gets fifteen snaps running the Steelers' offense, which is what the number two quarterback typically gets. Mm-hmm. And because he's probably you're, running because your number three, your your, your two your two quarterback bumps up to be your number one on those days. Yeah, so he but he's gets running with the one. Yeah, so he gets those forty snaps, and then your two or your three bumps up to two, and he gets fifteen snaps. And then, so you're the quarterback coach or the offense coordinator. What do you tr- what do you drill in there with Mason? You're orchestrate the offense that we're going to run in Cincinnati in two days. Right. Not Which we may not run those plays against anybody else. Right. Those are in the playbook <laughs> for this reason because yeah. their safety is going to bite on play action, yada, yada, yada. Not, hey, we've been really looking big picture on your footwork. I don't have time for that this week. i got to beat the Bengals. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that stuff's for camp. That's for mini camp. I mean, that's you do that on the side. Yeah. Now and, there's some of that you can do before or typically after practice. Oh yeah, yeah they'll yeah, go yeah. out there and work with them some on the footwork and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but again, there aren't enough hours in the week no. for development once the season starts. No, and now of course less than ever, and obviously, everyone the Steelers would have preferred to have a first round pick this year. But as seasons go, when you're short a top twenty twenty five player in the draft, I'll take it this year. You know yeah, what I mean? right, right. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's the key th- thing there. Um, here's another one. We haven't talked about this. Uh, the jobs of individual scouts have changed. I bet they have. Uh, dramatically. He said, maybe that's best illustrated by how the bears are managing their staff to effectively make the tiers work because they have three tiers that you have to work with at training camp Uh, and you can only have so many people in each one. Um, Pace left, uh, left 11 of his scouts on the college side out of tiers one and two, meaning they can't be around the coaches and the players. See, that doesn't bother me. Normally, those guys would travel to Chicago and take part in the first week and have a training camp. We see that every year at the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Those guys come out. They 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 get a position. They get a position, right. The, the, so, Matt, tight Matt you're one of my scouts. Right. You're going to watch the tight ends today. I did I did that for the first yeah. two weeks or whatever. And right. that's your job. You're going to follow that group around mm-hmm. all day long. You're going to give me an assessment of the, of the tight ends. And I wrote a report at the end yeah. of two-week stretch or whatever. You know. So, they're not doing that this year. And and that's a valuable thing to add to the team, and try, and I did it, you know, and I took great pride in it. But in the end, you could live without it. You you have a tight ends coach, you know. I mean, like it's just one more set of eyes on right. your own, another form of self scouting. Yes, you'd rather have it, but it's not essential. But it also gives your scouts an opportunity to be around each other, which they don't get to do no. in the regular season. And, ever. and a key there is too is. If you live on the road, and most of these guys don't live in Pittsburgh, they right. live all they live in their area or whatever. And then when camp 
once you get out of that two week stretch, they're on the road. Go watch another. Yeah, NFL you don't see them again until draft time. But that's one of the few times you could say, okay, I understand who our three tight ends are. When I'm in Alabama next year, this guy is better than two of them. Right. Or you've boy, seen them. Can't play for us. You've seen. Right. Not only have you seen that position group, but you've talked to the other guys. Yes. Uh, the other that scouts really important. Yeah. So you get a good idea. If you're a college scout, you can lose sight of what is an NFL player. You right. can say, my Bama tight end is better than my LSU tight end, and I can rank them, but that doesn't mean he's better than Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph that we're playing against. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? Or Zach Gentry, who's your three. Sure. Yeah. And a lot of those guys watch their, their home team or their, the team that they're employed with on TV at home with a beer. You right. know? And, and they can get access to the film, and now everybody can, but they got other stuff to do. Yeah. Well, here's, the, here's his next point on this. No one knows what college scouting is going to look like this mm-hmm. year. Are they going to be allowed on campus? Are they going to be allowed to talk to these guys? Do you think there's even going to be a college season? Is there going to be a college season? Right, that's, right. The, that's, that's all part of it here. I think there'll be some kind of college season. They'll play some games. I don't know if they uh, A lot of them will be in ACC. will play ACC. I mean, right. They'll be within conference and stuff, and they'll be definitely abbreviated. Yeah, but are the are the? I mean, one of the things that the, the scouts do is they they lay the groundwork. They go talk to the coaching staffs about such and such player. They, oh, they find yeah. out, you know, they talk to the janitor. Hey, is this kid? You know, what's this Absolutely, kid like? Absolutely right. You know, the Bring weight, donuts, the strength you coach. Spend the day there, yeah. and you, know, you build relationships, and I guarantee you, people are going to be less apt to say bad things that could be recorded on a Zoom call or in oh, an email. Oh yeah, that's not it's happening. Different yeah, with you and I are in the corner like. Away from yeah, he's, you know, he's right. not a good guy, or this kid's great. Right, you know, right. hey, I love him, and I'm yeah. only going to tell you that, or whatever. And then the other aspect of college scouting, too, which I think is going to be an avalanche of, and it's just a hunch, but there's a top corner at Virginia Tech this year who's opted out. I would be very apt to opt out if I'm Travis Etienne. Or especially, or I mean, I think the, 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 I, is the Ivy League already? I not, think they're done. They're done, but yeah. there's some other. I think the MAC is talking about playing in the spring. I don't know. Uh, the, I don't have time for the, to, to run 40s and stuff. Though, right. You know? Meanwhile, um, this VTech corner is running 40s left and right and, you know, practicing his, his social skills and all those things. He has He's happy with his tape. But he's got no game tape from this year. And that's that going to ding you a little bit. Yeah. And it's like, should I sign Lev Bell after he sat out a year? Right. I, don't know, I would yeah. like to see that. <laughs> I mean, am I trading for Trent Williams after he sat out a year? Yeah. Know. Uh, he also says the cutdowns will look awfully different this year. He says much of the bottom of the roster churning that happens when teams have to trim their rosters is driven by preseason evaluations. That isn't going to happen this year. Right. You're not going to have a scout at every at every preseason game like you usually no. do, watching everybody's bake t- at a time. I got a I got my stopwatch on that punter, or I got my yeah. you know whatever you're looking for. And it's I've not heard listeners this a lot. I mean, and that's the one time college scouts are in full force. On the on the road, preseason, watching other games. There's 16 games a week, so you need everybody on hand. And they're not watching. The, they're not watching Mike Evans of yeah. Tampa. They're watching the six receiver that Mike. Yeah, Tampa. right. He brings up the case of Wes Welker in 2004. The Dolphins signed Welker uh, after he was uh, the, the Chargers. He was in camp with the Chargers. The Chargers. Oh, yeah. The Chargers wanted to sneak him onto their practice squad after mm-hmm. he had a pre- decent preseason. The Dolphins had scouted him, said, no, we, we, we're going to put him on the active roster. So they signed him yeah. uh, when, when the Chargers released him. And, you know, he goes on to be Wes Welker. And then, coincidentally, they trade him for a second-round pick. But they got a second-round pick from a guy that they did, they signed for nothing. And say, they wanted the They could have kept too. him. Right. Yeah. 
And then the Patriots really wanted to deal right. playing against them, you know, twice. It's but that's not going to happen this year because there's going to be no preseason tape of these guys. Right. I mean, it's going to be they're going to be guys that you loved their college tape. Oh, that somebody, be, yeah, on. somebody beats you to them in the draft. See, I think there's going to be a lot of fights behind the scenes on those guys. But uh, because your eval hasn't changed one bit, your eval hasn't. I like them coming out of Colorado. But you've now seen you have to keep the same. Here's the here's the thing them. though you've you've now seen your guys on the field. Mm-hmm. You might say, well. Eh, Jimmy's as good as Joey, so we can just keep Jimmy. We don't have to worry well, about him. Defense. Yeah, we don't have yeah. to. He knows our defense. We don't have to worry about him coming in mm-hmm. uh, and, and learning the defense. Uh, there's a you know a weak lag between between his COVID test and when we can use him. So we're just going to stick with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the conservative, smart approach. But it's a missed opportunity. Of boy, I really like this guy. And he's available. I was going to use our fourth round pick on him. Yeah. And the know? final thing he talks about is that the emergency list will be much more important. Those 16 yeah, they, guys they, that they, you have available, uh, do you keep a long snapper? Do you keep a punter on there? Do you keep a, a kicker? Obviously, a, probably a quarterback. All that because there are going to be situations where. I need him now. Yeah. Somebody's, somebody loses three safeties uh, to, to COVID mm-hmm. in a week and they need somebody to play right now. There's just an added threat of taking people away from you on game day. Yeah. And there always has been a lot of threat. And there may be, uh, I, you know, I kind of think that maybe the teams all get together and say, hey, we're not going to do as much poaching as we typically do. Maybe. Maybe. In this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's that, just. That would make some sense. You know. And that emergency list is a lot of really important communication week to week with agents. You know, right. Hey, is your guy yeah. still in shape? How's that knee coming along? You know, and you better trust them. And you better. And they will go towards certain agents that have not screwed them over before. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. There's a yeah, relationship. Yeah. That goes back to too. that yeah. relationship that you have with those guys. And again, trusting those guys. And if, you know, you've got to have guys on that emergency list who are ready to go and tested. And, and oh, you know right, that they're right. you know that they're not going to test positive when you bring them in, but uh, it's all very interesting, very fascinating, good read, uh, good stuff there from Albert Breer. Yeah, well, he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it's time for the fantasy football focus. We'll get to that right after this. This is The Drive with Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson. It's time for the Fantasy Football Focus here on Steelers Nation Radio. And uh, Matt, uh, lots of uh, news over the weekend. The guys opting in, opting out, doing all that good stuff. Um, Report out of Cleveland says, Odell Beckham has no plans of opting out. I know you were huge on Odell Beckham last year. You had him as your number one fantasy receiver going into the the season last year. He was. Didn't quite work out. Considering it, though. I didn't know either. Why is that even on the table? Yeah, I don't know. Um, He's had some ailments. And I guess things, that's what you just ask guys now. <laughs> I guess. I mean, there must be. Some, does he have some pre-existing condition? Uh, uh, one some of these guys do. I mean, so, uh, again, if you ha- if you carry like the sickle cell mm-hmm. right, trait right. or something like that, that, he might. Which yeah, there's yeah. a possibility of that. So I mean, that puts you at risk. So that I mean, that's a lot, large number of guys in the league mm-hmm. uh, that that do carry that trait. So say what um, you want about him. Imagine the Browns without him this year. Yeah, I, I mean, mean the receivers would be Jarvis Landry, who's banged up still, and nobody, and nobody. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, but he is going to play. What's your outlook for for Odell Beckham in year two with the Browns? See, I'm still smitten, 
<laughs> We're talking fantasy here, right? Fantasy, yeah. Right. I still want him over Landry. I think that he's a special, special player still. I don't think they'll be a high-passing volume team. And I, I don't think, think they want to be. I don't think they yeah. want to be. And I think Hunt will line up in the slot or out wide more than people think. That it might kind of act as their third receiver. But I also think, much like we saw Diggs last year with the Vikes, same offense, there'll be a lot of run, run, play, action, bomb. And that's going to be Odell. And if he's healthy, the question is what, what we saw with Diggs early in the year, and this is eventually what led to him being traded was him complaining that he wasn't getting mm-hmm. the ball enough. Yeah. And that absolutely could happen, you know, because they're they're because they didn't sign Hooper. Teacher. They didn't sign Hooper to that big deal not to throw him the ball as well. And I guess we should bring this up too, because there was a lot of Njoku trade talk, and that's done. And their buddies now, yeah. you know, like I think they sat down with Njoku and said, "Hey, David, you're a starter. We're going to play. We're going yeah, to play two downs, right? You're yeah. going to get a, plenty of time to." Showcase your wares for the rest of the league. Well, I think they realize too that they can't trade him. They 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 drafted uh, the the kid out of uh, Florida Atlantic, mm-hmm. but he's right. not going to be ready to play. No, probably not. And they're right. going to they. I don't think they want to trade Njoku. Like when they signed Hooper, I didn't see it as a shot across the bow to Njoku. It's, we want to play too. Obviously, he did though. He did, yeah. and I don't know if we'll sign you after this year or not. But we you're going to play a lot. So anyway, uh, I mean, uh, so they they probably won't throw the ball a ton. But there's not that many mouths to feed either. I mean, I still think Odell gets a pretty high percentage of the target share. Yeah, um, and he, he did. And Baker has to be better this year than last year. You would think, but again, he was really bad last year. Fourth offense in three years for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, right, right. Um, it's a very Mayfield-friendly system. Should be. If he knows it. Right. But he may not know <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. You know, I mean, right. it's, again, it's 14 practices to get get on the same page timing-wise. Yeah. And, and what I found myself with these fantasy drafts, and, and I haven't done a lot, but just seeing where the tiers are, there's – I mean, I'll probably go running back, running back, as I almost always do. And then there's a ton of receivers that I really like in that third, fourth neighborhood. And Odell's one of them, but do I like him more than DJ Moore? Or Calvin Ridley or yeah. AJ Brown, right. like these young up and comers that I'm super excited about. I I don't know yet, especially if they're if those guys are the the clear number one receiver on mm-hmm. the team. That's the thing with or the, like Atlanta throws the ball way more than the Browns. Landry so had more targets two. last year than Odell Beckham. Doesn't surprise me. I mean, it, Landry's that guy at the end of the year is he finished the wide receiver twelve. But you wouldn't take just eleven guys ahead of him. No, you know, he's right? A compiler, yeah, yeah, you know, right? You know. But uh, to me, that's coaching negligence a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like that, uh, you have a guy who's as talented as Odell Beckham, right? And you don't force feed him the ball a little bit, right? That's a tough one because I loved him. I figured if you're going to give all, I mean, it was only one year ago they had just given up a lot to get the guy. You would think they featured him like crazy, but the offense went sideways, and a lot of it was coaching related to me. But also, when in doubt, bet on the Browns to go sideways. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Two more uh, interesting notes here for the Patriots, hmm. both uh, significant fantasy-wise. Um, they placed Mohamed Sanu with an ankle injury on the pup list to start yeah, that's camp. The pup, that's not the yeah, COVID. Not list. the COVID, right. but the so, pup. So he's not healthy. Yeah. He's Same with Sony Michelle with a foot injury. See, I think Sony Michelle wasn't good. Yeah, I mentioned I did the top twenty. It does open back. up. I mean, again, if he if he misses a, a bunch of time here, now you start looking at those other backs on the roster. See, I kind of was. 
sneakily looking at Damian Harris anyways, because I don't think Michelle's good. He has not been healthy. We mentioned earlier I did my top 25 running backs. That was not fantasy-related. Michelle didn't even consider it for me. And you get the 25th running back, they're not that great. I right. mean, they're borderline dudes. You know? He didn't catch any passes. Doesn't at all. Yeah. His, I love them coming out of Georgia. His average per carry went, fell to 3.7 yards mm-hmm. a carry la- last year. And yet Marcus Cannon isn't playing. He's not playing. Right. You know, and Cam helps the situation from a running perspective. But Damian Harris was a third-round pick last year. Right. And was quickly forgotten. Um, he's sneaky to me. You know, yeah. you get him. I'm, I'm talking like as a 14th rounder. Yeah. Now, the Patriots already had um, – What's his face they got from Jacksonville? They signed from Jacksonville. Oh, Marquise Lee. Marquise Lee has yeah. opted out. He's opted out, too. Sanu is now dealing with, with an ankle injury right. that he's Edelman's been dealing old. with since last year. Edelman's old. Edelman's old. And Who are they throwing like, the ball to? I think a lot of people were excited about Nikhil Harry. Great. That's fine. Great. I don't know that I'm excited about him. Right. You know, I didn't love the draft pick when it happened, but he's a first-round pick. Right. I mean, yeah, there's talent there. some improvement yeah. here. Um, I don't know. And the tight ends aren't great. Like, they got issues. They got big issues. I mean, they, I, just, I don't know. I mean, people I, saying when when they, when they sign Cam Newton, people, oh, they, they're going to win 10 games. They could win that division. I don't see it. I've soured on that after a lot of these guys opting out. I was in that camp when they signed Newton. I said, okay, now I'm going to pick them to win the division. I think they'll be a 10-win type team. Now with all the opt-outs, I don't know if I can pick the Bills, though. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't like their quarterback. I, I mean, I think they're right. a better football team. They've better roster. Well, yeah, one through fifty-three. They're a better. They're mm-hmm. a better team. And I, I, fantasy, do you want? I respect. I, I respect their coaching staff too. The Bills. Yeah. Oh, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. They they will. They make Allen's life as easy as possible too. But I don't know. To your point, I don't know that I want any Patriots. Edelman fantasy go reasonably high. Their defense he, might be their best player. And it's not as good as. Last and it's not year. as good as it was. It's not even close. Yeah. I mean it. We did a defensive rank. It's like the seventh year. best, seventh yeah, or eighth best defense this year. I'd rather the Bills. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. And Edelman, I've noticed, I don't think I've ever owned him. Like, I respect his game. And even when him and Brady were humming, I was never paying up for him. I would rather have the downfield prototypical guy. Yeah. I mean, just he's never landed on my he, team. He's not going to score a ton of touchdowns. He's not. He takes such a beating, too. Yeah. I mean, if he plays only a couple games this year, that would not surprise me. Uh, Gardner Minshew went on the uh, COVID res- reserve list, as did Matthew Stafford. Does, does you Stafford hope minor Stafford blurbs. doesn't? Yeah, as long as it's something minor and, and yeah. they're not on this long term with Stafford, that doesn't bother me as much because mm-hmm. he's he's a veteran quarterback. He knows sure. the offense, but he's coming off a broken back, right? <laughs> you know, right. At least and, and they may have put him. They break. may have placed him on the pup anyways, just to maybe ease him back in. And I'm sure they're going to treat him like the Steelers are treating Ben. I right. Mean, with, with kid glove. Yeah. I mean, no doubt. But for Minshew, as a second-year quarterback. And that offense sneakily has some talent on yeah. it. Yeah. You know, like, I like DJ. DJ Chark was in that conversation. Right. Guys, Chark versus Odell. Eh, I don't know, you know. But if Minshew, that's counting on Minshew to be pretty decent. I killed the Jags and Minshew throughout the season in real football. But I went back and watched them in the offseason season. And I'm not saying I'd rather have him than Locke, Jones, or Kyler. But he had the best season of any rookie. I mean, he really did. He was a pretty good player for them. And for fantasy reasons, a lack uh, Minshew being their starter is not enough for me to say I won't draft Chark or right. one of those type of guys. I don't think they'll win many games. But if he's not But in, that's not a bad thing for fantasy because they're going to be throwing the football. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. But if by chance he misses time or doesn't practice much, then I think they're – 
off limits. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm it's almost like he's starting guy. over as a right. as a rookie. Right. Geronimo, uh, new offense coordinator. I mean, yeah, that's a new system too. Geronimo Allison opted out for the 2020 season for the. He's now with the Lions. Yeah. Um. You know, you were looking at that that receiving group. It's Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. And you would think that Geronimo Allison would have pushed Danny Amendola, who's... There's a sneaky... Yeah. Guy. It's a rookie, and I wouldn't put a lot of faith in rookies, but Cephas out of Wisconsin... Yeah, Quintez Cephas. ...is a lot like Allison, is, and not at all like Amendola, in that they're big, physical, slot, slow-movers, contested-catch-type yeah. guys. Uh, he's kind but of sneaky Allison in a was really a guy. Allison league. was a guy, like, a week or two ago that I'm like... He could do some stuff. In, he could be okay. Yeah. Right. I think that offense is going to be quite good, to yeah. be honest with I mean, you. Again, they're fantasy. going to be behind quite a bit. Yep. You know, they're going to have to throw the football. Yep. And Allison there, because you know Galladay's going to get you know, a lot of oh, coverage. He's on. a high pick. Yeah. yeah. He's going to get a lot of, uh, of attention. You know, if Jones would happen to go down or, you mm-hmm. know, we saw Amendola last year have some good games. Right. And he's Danny Amendola. Right. I mean, Gallad- talking about a guy that could Allison. Allison in that role could have had some pretty big games if you were taking best ball or something like that. Oh, Allison yeah, was somebody yeah. that you Super might want to have. Yeah, and things like that. So now I'd, I'd keep an eye on Cephas. Yeah, I think he's the guy that that could uh, could benefit from could that. benefit right. from from that kind of uh, situation. Um, we mentioned James Washington going on the COVID list uh, and Jalen Samuels mm-hmm. uh, for the Steelers. Um, again, we don't know the situation here, but. Uh, Washington right now is is my number three receiver for the Steelers, even though he sure. led them in yardage last year. Do you think, for fantasy reasons, do you think he's relevant in a typical league? I'd say he's a borderline draftable guy. Borderline, yeah. I would I would say because there just aren't going to be enough miles to feed, right? Connor, or too many Connor, miles to feed, I should Ron say. Are going to catch the ball, and Claypool's going to be active. Yeah, and we, we we spoke with Ike Hilliard uh, earlier today, and he said, "Look, if 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 Claypool does what he th- we think he can do, he's going to play good because he can help the team in other ways other than just catching yeah, the football." Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but Washington's a guy that that certainly, if you look at the second half of last season, had over 500 yards receiving in the second half. I think he's quietly been better than people want to give him credit for. Right. Like I bet the team likes him more than our listeners do right now. He's physical. He does. He does yeah. a lot. You know. He's again, a tough guy. You know. Good after the catch. Led the, led the team with seven hundred fifty or seven hundred thirty five receiving yards last year, with most of that coming in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. You know, there was something to build on there. So we'll see how long it keeps him out. Um, Steelers are tough for fantasy. They are. They are. I mean, they are. There is a lot of mouse, like you said, for where Juju's going. That's tough. I mean, Connor to me is for where they're going. I would jump all over. Connor's the value. He's the value to me that could really pay off. You and I both love Deontay Johnson, but he's not cheap anymore. No, he's he's risen up a lot of uh, boards. Um, We mentioned Jarvis Landry earlier. Uh, He has been placed on the pup list with Mm -hmm. that hip injury after he said uh, previously that he expected to be ready for the start of training camp. Well, the start of training camp would have been two weeks ago, and he's still not ready. Uh, T.Y. Hilton also going on that uh, – He's list. a tough one to invest in right now, too. And it's a hamstring. And he's just hurt all He hasn't last done anything year. yet, and you got a hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. They, uh, that worries me. I don't trust him at all anymore at this point. I don't either. I mean, they drafted a guy. I kind of like Paris Campbell still. What kind of relationship is Rivers going to have with Hilton on opening day? I have some doubts there. And they're going to run the ball a lot. Yeah, I, w- I would think so. And so we'll see what happens with that. But uh, um, it is about, I guess it is time to start really thinking about. Injuries. You know, like we haven't given fantasy injuries much credence yet, but now this week that we're 
we're five days. Drafts are going to start. Drafts are going to start happening here right. soon. And, and these who's guys, healthy? Yeah. Who isn't? And it's not like oh, we'll see in the third preseason game. Well, you're not going to see that. How about this one? That that uh, NBC Sports area. Uh, Sports Bay Area confirms that Brandon Ayuk is likely to start in week one. How are they making uh, that? They haven't even seen him on a field yet. Yeah. I mean, well, Debo's not going to be there. Debo Samuel, yeah. So in that. case you forgot, Debo Samuel's dealing with the foot injury, so his status is in question. I've heard Dante Pettis is not in the plans. Yeah, like, I mean, he was a guy last year we're talking right about, well, he could be a sleeper pick right. here. He's asleep now. They don't trust him at yeah. all. They've been trying to shop him forever. He may not even make the team. I guess that doesn't leave much. But a player I love there that I've stashed in Dynasty is Jalen Hurd. Yeah. He don't forget, lit up don't forget about him. Right. I mean, he's a big, big receiver that's going to get carries. He might even be their goal line back. Um, I like Ayuko. You know, we liked him a yeah, lot. Yeah, we liked him a lot. Right, but, right. I, I mean, I didn't expect him to come in and start in week one. No, he's, I'm he sure started, that's not the plan. He started two years in the Pac-12. Um, mm-hmm. When I say it's not the plan, like when they drafted him in the first round and they traded up for him, I bet they weren't like – He's a definite starter. Like, let's bring him along a little slower, you know, throw packages out there with him. But now they kind of have to. A couple of other notes here on potential uh, starters. Uh, Bucks.com's Carmen Vitale considers second-year wide receiver Scotty Miller the favorite to open the season as the number three role in Tampa Bay, which Hmm. significant in Tampa Bay. It is. And... He wouldn't be the slot. He would be the outside. He would be guy outside. Yeah, Godwin stays inside. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because a lot of people thought the Johnson kid from Minnesota would be the the, the, the odds-on favorite to come in and be the third. But the Steelers kind of have some of this too, where when your number one is best in the slot, well, then the slot's really just the backup slot. Right. You know, yeah. You want an outside. You know, you want Washington, Claypool, whoever, so Juju can be in the slot. Yeah. They want Godwin in the slot. Yeah, if the Steelers are keeping Ryan Switzer, it's not to be their their top slot guy. He's basically a backup slot. Yeah, he's you know, the backup right. in the slot. And one final note here, uh, Chargers coach Anthony Lynn said Tyrod Taylor will probably be our day one starter. I don't know that that's breaking news there. No. That's kind of what we assumed. Uh, the question is, is how long he's to start. Right. I think he's a starter as long as their season's relevant. Very relevant. And I think right. they can stay relevant. I might pick him to make the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I think, think they're a good a chance. And I might end up with Tyrod Taylor on my on my fantasy team super late too. I mean, I bet he runs for forty yards a game. Right, which is that's a big know, start. That's a that's a nice right. place to start. Yeah, maybe he only throws for two hundred yards a game, but he'll be he, conservative. But if he runs for another forty every game, yeah. That's like throwing for 300. They have weapons. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't dislike him for fantasy. No, if, I mean, if you have to have a fill-in starter, you could do much worse. Sure. I mean, if it's him compared to Minshew or, you know, these those type of dudes, he's as good as any. Yeah, for he sure. He might be their goal line back. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. He, yeah he'll fall into the end zone right. a couple of times, too. Yeah. Yep. So there is that. And uh, so don't forget about Tyrod Taylor on draft day. No, I like him. No. Yeah. I, in some of these deeper leagues I've been, I've stashed him. For free, yeah. You know, he was on the waiver wire. I grabbed him. Yeah, so, he might play the whole year. Yeah, there's a there's that chance that that could happen, especially if you're in a you know, if you're playing in a two quarterback league. Oh, he's valuable. He's valuable. There's yeah. there's Super some definitely value he's there. Very valuable, right? Yeah, that's going to do it for the uh, fantasy football yeah. focus today. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to the Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to the Drive on your 24 seven home of the Black and Gold Steelers Nation Radio.
PNC Bank, the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, they help bring us all these uh, radio shows uh, from Steelers training camp. So uh, PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Matt, uh, you've come out with your official yeah. rankings of running backs in the NFL. This is not with fantasy involvement or Just anything like that. Just how good they are this, at football right now. Right now, at this very moment. Top 25. I'm going to do four or five different position groups. I'm working on safeties now. Uh, other ones were done before I got hired, and then they said, no, this is your job now. Yeah. So we started running, running back. This is for Pro Football Network. You yeah. did this one. So uh, we're going to go from 25 to 1 here. Those 25-ish guys, I wasn't. I don't have a lot of good things to say about them. Okay. Know? Right. Yeah. But there are typically starters or at least yeah. guys rookies who are in the Rookies weren't allowed. I didn't yeah. want, want rookies involved. It's probably a good place to start. So your number 25 back was Tevin Coleman of the 49ers. Mm-hmm. And... You can read all this. This is free. Uh, check it out. Uh, and um, they like him a lot. I've kind of liked him over the years, but he's hard to trust. You know, yeah. I mean. It, I started I him late in the teams, year last yeah. year in fantasy, and I think he got hurt in, like, the first quarter. Yeah. He, he's like, unreliable. Uh, just, uh, 49er running backs in general. Yeah, it's uh, just problematic. A, it's like having a, a, a Patriots running backs. Mm-hmm. But just Shanahan drives, likes him. He's making nuts. money. I mean, so I like him better in the real world than I do for fantasy. Uh, number twenty-four, you have Marlon Mack. Now, I think obviously, he's very blah. He's in a crowded backfield now, too. Yeah, he's not getting prote- great in protection. Um, didn't catch a lot of passes, but he's a quality player, and I think he's gotten better since he's entered the league. Yeah. Another 49ers back here at twenty-three, Raheem Mostert. He was talking about wanting a new contract, wanting to get out of uh, San Francisco. That's out the out the window now. So by this, you're thinking that Mostert is the starter in. I mean, I guess he's 51%. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The slight edge. Um, he's been the more successful one in big games. Fits that system. I mean, he's a put your, put your foot in the ground and get downhill. He runs aggressive and he's fast. Yeah. I mean, that's what they want. Uh, 22, you have Todd Gurley now with the Falcons. I feel bad putting him that low. And I hope he proves me wrong. But I just thought he was more of the problem with the Rams. And the Rams agree with me than their blocking was. As you make note of, though, he has 54, 54. touchdowns over the last three years. <laughs> right. That's almost 20 a year. Right. He averaged, yeah, 54 touchdowns If he's over nothing three more than the Falcons' short yardage back. Yeah, and catches some screens and yeah. stuff. I mean, if they bring him along right and keep – I just think health is a problem with him, and he doesn't have the burst he used to. Uh, 21, you have Mark Ingram. He's another one. He was actually the oldest guy on the list. He's had a good career. But if he were with the Jets last year, I think we'd be talking about him like he's nothing special. People, you know? uh, and I saw that, like somebody, I can't remember who had the rankings, but they ranked backfields in the NFL, uh, the running backs, and they had the Ravens number one. Mm, I think the Browns have a much better backfield. I, I would do, say right? I would say so as well. And there's probably some other teams. I mean, I, sure. I, you know, you could say what you want about like, for example, a Green Bay. But they got a couple guys. They got right. a couple guys right. that they get the ball to, and they're they're very, both you know all the, all effective. And they added a second round draft pick to that as well. Yeah, and as you find out, I've Aaron Jones much higher on my list than Ingram. Where I could look at the, you know the forty or not the I'm sorry, uh, look at uh, the Saints. Oh yeah, you Murray know. was almost on my list. I right, think he's a good player. He's I don't good think player. he's much different yeah. than Tevin Coleman. Right, uh, but I they, think Dobbins will go past Ingram. I would think so. It's just a matter of yeah. you know can he can he hold up in protection? Can he do all those right. kind of things? And this year doesn't help him. Right, as a rookie. Same with Jonathan Taylor over Mac. Uh, at twenty of Miles Sanders, and I know you're much higher on Miles Sanders in terms of fantasy pr- uh, production, but in terms of ability well, right them, now, it's just right. hard to say because. He finished the season strong. They showed a lot of faith in him. I'm very optimistic about him. I think in my write-up I said I expect him to be much higher next year. 
but it's a different conversation of who, how good are they right this second as opposed to where they will be. Yeah. You have him behind David Johnson of the Texans. Him and Lev Bell are right next to each other on purpose yeah. because they were the best backs in the league a couple years ago, but that's ancient history. Both ancient history teams, ancient history for running backs is two years ago. Or a month ago. I mean, like, it, it's a, it's a <laughs> it short changes quickly. Life. Yeah. yeah. But I put them both together in that both you have Bell at 18. Yeah, yeah. Both their respective teams are paying them a lot of money and gave up something to get them. You know what I mean? In Johnson's case, they, they traded for him. I thought Johnson looked really good as a receiver before his injury. After his injury, he shouldn't have been out there. You know, it's yeah. almost like judging Connor on some of the snaps he had late in the year when he shouldn't have even been on the field. If Le'Veon Bell was still with the Steelers right now, if he had taken the agreement, right. taken what they'd offered him, and that's was playing, how I tried to look at and it. played like, for the Steelers, is he is he still a top ten guy? I don't think he has that same burst, and he was never a break long run guy. But I don't think he had a run last year of, of even twenty yards. I don't know. He was a hard the one thing about him, and people may talk about his availability in, in the postseason, but he was typically available during the season. Right, right. I mean, so I, I think if they had Le'Veon Bell last year, they probably make the playoffs. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I still think he has something. Because I thought left. he looked. I mean, when the when he played the Steelers last year, he was the reason the Jets won that football game. Yeah. Offensively, he carried them. And there's an argument to made that I have him too low. But the guys ahead of him are pretty good, right? You know, and that's, we'll it, that's the other side of the equation. Part of the... Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's done. No, he's not what he once was, but he still can be an effective running back. I mean, what if the Chiefs traded for him? Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you, you could put these guys in spot. Yeah, I think like, a large portion, a large part of that is who he's playing for and with. He got hit behind the line of scrimmage a lot. Yeah. You know? And he's going to do that. Because if you're his not blocking well help. for him right, right. because of his running style, he's going to stop and start. And when he, if he stops, somebody's hit, you know, at his feet, mm -hmm. that, that doesn't work. Like, I obviously think Bell's better than Ingram, but maybe with the bad blocking and terrible quarterback play last year, Ingram would have ran up the back of his blockers and got three where Bell got one. Yeah. You know? Uh, 17, you have Leonard Fournette. He was another tough one because they obviously don't like him. And I think... He has two numbers that stand out to me. Was He only scored three touchdowns, which isn't Crazy. the type of back yeah. he is. And he caught a ton of passes. I forget how many. 75, I But believe. I bet that's his career high. You know, And they weren't high degree. They were dump. They were easy yeah. catches. But he caught 75 passes. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was <laughs> right. that was your young quarterback just saying, I'm getting rid of the football. Mm -hmm. My first yeah. read's not open. I'm going to dump it off to Fournette. To a good weapon. And we'll get six yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And we've seen him at his best. I yeah. mean, he's, he's a good football player. Uh, at 16, you have James Conner. Eh, I mean, he explains himself. We've talked about him a lot. Yeah. He I mean, needs to stay uh, – for the Steelers to be successful this year. Yeah. They they have a bunch of guys that they need to stay healthy. I think James Conner, if, if he's not at the top of that list, he's certainly in the conversation in the top three. I mean, Ben's obviously number one, right. of course. Um, but, right, I mean, we've seen the difference the offense is with him. And that's what I said in there. I was just pretty honest that he does everything well. He fits what the Steelers want at the position. But it's one thing, yeah. Negative. If it's one thing, if he misses a game, but right. if it turns into a chunk of five games, that's yeah, and he's the questionable yeah. week to week, and he goes out there and doesn't look the same, and you can't count on him. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, uh, Kenyon Drake at fifteen. He's an open field, dangerous guy who lit it up. Yeah, uh, Chris Carson at fourteen, a pounder that fits their system quite yeah. well. Yeah. Kareem Hunt at 13. That was... Yeah, I mean, he's a backup, but I think he starts for most teams in the league. Great receiver. Yeah. 
Melvin Gordon at 12. I think he's going to have a big year. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, the guy who were replacing him in the, with the Chargers, Austin Ekelar at 11. Exceptional receiver. Yeah. Aaron Jones at 10. And I think he's a lot like Kamara in that he's not going to be a 300-touch guy, ideally, but makes a lot out of every touch. Yeah. Josh Jacobs at 9. Up-and-comer. Right? Yeah. He may be higher. Um, Joe Mixon at 8. I might have had Joe Mixon a little higher than that. Yeah, I was torn between, I think, Chubbs at 7. They were yeah. That was a coin flip for me. Yeah. Uh, then after Chubb at seven, you have Derrick Henry at six. He's unique, obviously. Yeah. He's in a great situation, but not for everybody. Yeah, he doesn't, doesn't catch a football. See, I would have had, I would have had Mixon ahead of, the, of him in would this you? list. Yeah, probably at six, uh, because then you have Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, and then Christian McCaffrey, number one. Which those guys are going like top five in every fantasy draft, and I think Cook's clearly last of that yeah. group. But those top five all are not, not only accomplished argument. runners; right. they all they all catch the football. Uh, they do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to get much argument that they're the top five right now. Yeah, you know. And I would put Mixon in that group. I think he has a good chance to be number one in that group. I mean, I think that's possible for him next year. Yeah. I wish he caught more balls though. Mixon doesn't have that many catches, and that may it's happen. A surprising. That may happen this year I with the young will. quarterback. I, think it will. Um, I could see them using him much more as a receiver this year to dump. They should. Him. I mean, we saw Clyde Edwards Hilaire last year with LSU oh, yeah. catch a lot of of, of balls. Mm-hmm. I could see Burrow, you know, if he gets in trouble, I'm going to dump to the back. And Gurley caught a ton of passes with Zach Taylor in in the that Rams. offense. Right. Yeah, I mean, the the, Ram, the offense is set up that way. Just hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I think it will. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take a break, our final break of this show. Uh, And when we come back, we're going to hear from Steelers defensive coordinator Keith Butler, who spoke to the assembled media. Uh, We'll hear what uh, he had to say right after this. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. training camp media availabilities are presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, you're going to hear, uh, actually I think that was Randy Feigner talked about his tight ends being trucks. Okay. <laughs> and they kind of are. They're kind of those utility guys. We're going to hear Keith Butler SUV here in a, types, in a yeah. moment, and he's going to talk a lot about the inside linebacker position. I bet. Uh, where Vince Williams is kind of that truck. Yeah, he is. You know, he's he kind is. of that guy that you want to, to bulldoze. He's under the microscope a little bit this year, too. A little bit, yeah. He's and a uh, picked-on unit of a really good defense. Yeah. We'll see if, if that, be, if that you know, becomes the case here. But certainly the Steelers' defense looks like, on paper, it should be one of the best units in the league. I'm not being biased. It's my number one defense right now. Yeah. We talked about the Patriots falling off. The Niners are in that conversation. And I'm saying – I'm not just saying the best defense. I'm talking about overall unit. I think you got the you got the Kansas City offense. Oh, it's pretty darn good, yeah. Yeah. And the Steelers' defense might be the second-best unit in the league. Yeah. Uh, it's certainly in the conversation. Yeah. It's a really good group. Yeah, there that might be some other offenses that, right. that, that you would talk about there, yeah. but certainly the Steelers' defense in that conversation. Uh, so we talked to Keith Butler last Friday uh, as it was on a Zoom call. Let's hear what Keith had to say when he talked to the assembled media. started uh, with Dale Lolly of DK Sports. Dale, go ahead. Expect to be didn't expect to be first here, but uh, how you doing, Butts? Uh, good to, good to see you uh, doing well. Um, 
Do you expect, uh, with everybody that you've got coming back on defense, uh, essentially all guys who have played and played a lot of snaps for you, uh, your defense will be able to kind of hit the ground running here. Uh, it's not going to be like an in, a complete install here and that, you know, you'll be able to do a lot of the same things, at least, you know, in terms of, of the way that you attack things um, that you did last year. Yeah, I think uh, hopefully it would be better than what we did uh, last year. You know, we, uh, Mika, who's been here for a year now, he'll, he'll know the defense in and out. And uh, the guys have played together a little bit, so uh, it gives us a chance to be pretty good, I hope. And uh, we'll see when the, when the season starts. You know, this is a new thing for everybody in the league, what's going on right now. So we're all trying to uh, take advantage of what we can do best and get our guys going and uh, let them be comfortable in what we're doing. All right, thanks, Dale. We'll go on to uh, Brooke Breyer with ESPN. Brooke, you want to hop on? Hey, bud. Thanks for doing this. Uh, sure. just with Devin Bush, he already played so many snaps last year and had a standout rookie season. What kind of jump are you looking to see from him in year two? I mean, is he going to have to play a hundred percent of the snaps, especially without adding uh, another inside linebacker and in, in free agency or the draft? What are, what are you kind of looking with him in that position? Well, uh, him and Vince will be playing inside linebacker for us uh, this year. And of course, you well, you want him to to uh, make a good jump for us. I think he will, uh, because things won't be new to him. Uh, he he's done it before, and and uh, when he comes in training camp, we're going to expect more out of him. Uh, we're going to want him to to help make calls and uh, get the uh, communication down. And we think he's capable of doing that. Uh, we think he's going. Uh, really come alive for us a little bit uh, this year. Uh, he played well for us last year as a rookie, uh, but once you've been there and uh, he's seen the game a little bit, he knows the speed of the game, he knows what we're going to call for the most part. He's got an idea of what we're going to expect, uh, expect of him. So uh, we're hopeful that he's going to be uh, or have a good year for us this year. All righty. Thanks, Brooke. We'll go to Mark Caboli with The Athletic. Mark, go ahead. Hey, Butts. How you doing? Um, just to uh, follow up on Brooke's question about the inside linebacker, you're talking about uh, Vince Williams playing next to Devin. What's the thought behind that, knowing that he didn't play in that position a lot last year with Barron? And how are you going to uh, divvy up things with, uh, you know, the uh, – the nickel and the dime, and, and what makes you think he's able to be able to play two, three, you know, three-snap linebacker and stay on the field? Are you talking about Devin or are you talking about Vince? I'm, talking about Vince. I'm actually talking about Vince and uh, who, who's going to be, you know, how is he going to uh, fit in there now this year, knowing that he wasn't able to do it last year. You decided against yeah. it. Why did you decide to go with Vince this year, you know? Because he's a great communicator. And uh, – a lot of times as we went back and looked at our film and uh, kind of graded ourselves, we felt like uh, our, our communication, if anything went wrong with our defense, is more on our communication and really our secondary communication. There's primary sec uh, uh, communication, which starts at the first part of the, of, uh, of the play. And as the play uh, starts to uh, play out a little bit, then sometimes you've got to make adjustments. And uh, Vince is, is real good at doing that for us. And 
uh, getting the calls to the guys and uh, making sure uh, they know that we're all on the same page. So that's big for us in terms of, of Vince Williams. That's what he brings to the table. He's, you know, he's very physical. Uh, we feel like that if we get him one-on-one with the back, that he, he'll win that. We feel like that he's a, a good rusher of the passer. Uh, we think that he can cover. Uh, you know, not maybe not as good as Devin, but uh, he does a, a sufficient job of it uh, for us. And we'll see when we get to different personnel groups in terms of what offenses give us and stuff like that, how we'll uh, uh, use our, our personnel. All righty. Let's go to uh, Jim Wexel. Jim, are you on? Yes. Can you hear me, Keith? Yeah, I hear you, Jim. Okay, buddy. Um, Justin Lane, uh, you know, uh, backup outside guy, second year, uh, third round pick, potential. How big of a blow is this to him and to you guys, uh, him going on IR? Well, uh, that makes it tough. You know, it makes it tough for anybody in their second year. The second year, your first year, you're trying to get a feel for things. You, you try to contribute on special teams. You try to make, uh, make yourself uh, – uh, noticeable where you can maybe get in on some of the sub package, uh, nickel and dime and stuff like that. And, you know, of course, if you're not here, then it's hard to make a case for yourself. So uh, that's going to be hard for him. Uh, my thing is I just hope he gets well. And when he gets well, I come back and, and see how much he's retained from last year and uh, see uh, where he's going to fit on our defense. All righty, we'll go to Jenna Harner with WPXI. Jenna, go ahead. Hey, Keith. Thanks so much for taking some time here. Just in your mind, I guess, what are the biggest challenges of the training camp in this year's wild and insane scenarios that we have right now? The biggest challenge, uh, you know, when we're doing uh, the virtual teaching, sometimes you don't get to see people's faces and their body language. And I think Half of communication is really body language, and uh, the other half is, is speaking and talking and stuff like that. Us getting a chance to see them and see their faces and uh, see how they react to things that, that we're asking them to do is going to be big for us. And uh, so it's, it's great for us to have this time with them right now that uh, we can walk through and see uh, how they're getting things down mentally. It gives us a good chance to see that. and. It'll also give us a chance when we start going against each other, especially get on. You know, if we get pads on, uh, we'll find out a little bit, a lot more about them because right now we don't know how physical they're going to be uh, when they line up across from an NFL caliber uh, opponent. So uh, it gives us a chance to see, you know, what they can do and what they can't do. So we'll we'll be able to hopefully do that when we get uh, get the pads on. Thanks, Jenna. We'll go to Joe Rudder with the trip. Joe, go ahead. Can you hear me this time? Yes. We, we can ah, hear we're you. good to go. <laughs> hey. Um, hey, Keith, uh, you guys lost some experienced backups at inside and outside linebacker. You've been right. a youth, I guess, this year and some inexperienced guys. What are the challenges they're going to face in this shortened camp, and, and how do you expect that to shake out? Number one, they've got to make themselves useful not only – and backing up our, our, number, our, our first team guys, 
but uh, on special teams, uh, you know, those guys, especially linebackers, uh, if they're not if they're not starting, then they've got to uh, be making uh, good contributions to the special teams because that's a, a big part of our team. And uh, so we're gonna we're hopeful that uh, uh, some of these young guys can come along. Yuli, uh, he needs to come along. Uh, uh, Alex Highsmith, we we drafted him in the third round. We like what he looks like right now. Uh, you know, we I want to see what he does when he gets pads on. Uh, seems to be a very sharp kid, uh, and I think he can help us with depth in terms of uh, the outside linebackers. All righty, we'll go to uh, Ray Fittipaldo with the PG. Ray, if you're on, go ahead. Hi, Keith. Uh, I got a two-part question. Uh, was communication an issue at times um, with Mark Barron last year? And then the second part, um, with your versatility in the defensive backfield, um, did you kick around the idea of having uh, Edmonds drop down and play some dime linebacker for you? Well, we've, we've kicked a lot of things around uh, right now. And uh, going into the season and uh, coming out of last season and looking, looking at our cut-ups and uh, trying to decide uh, what's going to make us better, you know, who might can make us better, where we put them and help us uh, to be better. Uh, there's several different options that we, we feel like we have. Uh, we want to uh, see them uh, in pads and, you know, see them when they get out here and start running around a little bit. Right now, we're not at full speed in, in any way, shape, or manner. Uh, now we're trying to get them in shape and get them ready to go uh, full speed and then geared up when we get there, get them uh, in, in uh, pads and see what they can do. Obviously, we know uh, what a couple of guys can do and where they're going to help us at. Uh, we're going to try to move them around a little bit and see um, what's best for us. And uh, I think we had a, a pretty good defense last year. You know, you look at the stats, what we did and all that stuff. I think we can be better this year, really, uh, if we keep people healthy like Stefan Tuitt, if he stays healthy. And uh, if we can get those guys up front to be healthy, I think we got a pretty good front and a pretty good secondary, too. Guys, especially the corners outside, they do a good job of covering. Safeties do a good job. We got to have some sub package guys that, that come up for us. And uh, we, uh, we, uh, we're feeling pretty good about a couple of guys, but again, it really don't matter until you put those pads on and start uh, hitting other people before you know what you got. All righty, we'll go with uh, Bo Marchanti. Bo, are you on? Hello? Yep. Hello. Hey, thank you. Um, um, you know, you talked about the defense being better. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, – Fitzpatrick and another year in the system and, and what you expect from here and how much better can he be in that system? I think he's a very smart young man. Uh, you know, many of us are, are, you know, smart in different things and some things we're not, but he's, he's very football savvy. Uh, he's, he's been around for a while. Of course, he went and played Alabama. They did a good job with him down there. Um, he came back and played for us. We tried to limit the amount that we, we put in with him the first couple of weeks we had him, and then we realized that he could handle a lot more than we were giving him at the time. So um, he did a good job for us there, and even more so this year. 
uh, we think he can uh, help us quite a bit. And, you know, obviously uh, we think he's a, a top-tier guy in the league. And uh, if he can continue to get better, which we think he can, then uh, it should make us a little better. All righty, we'll go to Noah Strackbeam. Noah, are you on? Yep. How's it going, Keith? Hey, good. Um, so with Mike Hilton playing again on a tender year, what are your expectations for Cam Sutton this year or, or Justin Lane? But, you know, Sutton plays the inside more than, than Lane does. Yeah, Cam is a very smart young man, and, and we're going to use him in a sub package, especially in uh, passing situations, uh, third down uh, quite a bit. We're going to be, uh, get, have him in the game, uh, maybe in passing situations, more so in running situations. We feel like he's better in those type of situations because he's he's athletic, he's very smart, he's very uh, – very few times you're going to see him out of place uh, when he's in coverage. So. Uh, we're we're kind of excited about that and how he's going to play for us in, uh, in passing situations. We know Mike Hilton, what he does. He's a tough little dude, man. Been been doing it for a while. He's part of our front package when we're playing nickel, uh, and uh, he moves around a little bit. We feel like he can blitz. I think he he could be a threat as a blitzer, and uh, uh, does a good job uh, what we ask him to do. All righty, we'll go with to uh, Hugh Ringer, 96.7. Hugh, are you on? Can you hear me, Keith? Yes, Hugh. Is this Hugh? Yes. Yeah, uh, Keith, yeah, I, I can hear you. Can you hear me all right? Yes, sir, I can. Okay. Uh, let's stay with the secondary coach. Um, you have some great players, obviously, at the corners, and we talked about Minka. But, but one guy who sometimes uh, may get a bad rap of sorts is Terrell Edmonds. Number yeah. one draft choice. Some people think he hasn't achieved the way he's capable of playing. Do you think this is an important year for him, and how much do you think he can step up and, and help your secondary even more? It's huge for him. It's, I mean – uh, you know, he's, he's coming along and has been coming along. Uh, there's a lot, there's a great expectation in terms of uh, where you're drafted. We took him high uh, at the time. We feel like he can uh, help us. I think he's going to get better. I think uh, having uh, Mika across from him is going to help him in terms of communication and, and the way they play and how they can complement each other. I think he's going to be a, a big asset for us uh, if he continues to get better. And I think, uh, I think he will continue to get better. I think our, our, uh, our coaches, our secondary coaches, have done a good job with him. And uh, I think as we go along, as the more and more he plays, the more comfortable he's going to get and, and and mentally. And uh, in that case, if they, if they start to get – uh, comfortable mentally, most of the time they're going to play faster. So uh, let's hope that happens with him. All right. Thanks, everybody, for getting with us on a Friday afternoon. And uh, we'll be in touch um, you know, this weekend or Monday for next week's schedule. Thanks, everybody. That was Steelers defensive coordinator Keith Butler uh, late last Friday uh, with the Assembled Media 
and uh, they shocked me there and asked me to, to ask him the first question. That, <laughs> we've done a thousand of these things. That's the first time I'd gotten the, the first Vader, question. Yeah. I'm like, you know, because like, you go into those things and you have, you know, several questions ready to go just in case somebody else asks your question. And people like, steal yours, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I mean, right. well, and we don't talk beforehand. That mm-hmm. we, you know, there's only so many things you can ask these guys. And you don't want to give away everything that you're working on. And all of a sudden, boom, there it is. Yeah. Here you go, Keith. That's good. Like, woof, I'm right out of the gate. Well, now that we're five days a week, though, too, we're, we have, you guys have much more access to a we lot. Are, of, so yeah. we're going to have a lot of these interviews to end the Including show. Including Ben Roethlisberger yeah, talking to the media for the first time tomorrow. This will be the first time Ben has spoken to this, the assembled media really since he got hurt last year. And we'll have that for you guys. Then. We'll bring that to you as soon as it happens. Yep. Uh, he's supposed to. He's scheduled to talk at 11 a.m., uh, we're back on the air at one for this show for this portion of, of the drive, so uh, but don't. The yeah, don't. Well, no, we'll play it back tomorrow. Oh, okay. We'll so yeah, we'll have it, and uh, we'll be back from six to eight tonight. Uh, don't go anywhere. We got Wes and uh, and Arthur Motes coming up right after this mm-hmm. on your uh, home for Steelers. Uh, all the great Steelers talk. Steelers Nation Radio.